Welcome to the Lipstick and Cowboy Boots podcast. I'm your host, Cassie Hausauer. Today's guest is Miss Michelle Pankew. She is a real estate agent in Calgary, Alberta, married to her husband, Jason, and together they have five kids. Wow. Talk about busy. Michelle just got back from a big south of the border adventure, and we are excited to talk all about it. But first, Michelle, welcome to the podcast, and thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for inviting me. I, pre- I really appreciate it. Yeah. So what have you been up to since you got back home? I see you want to buckle in Pinoca. Congratulations. Thank you very much. That was a surprise. I went there to Jackpot and I, I didn't even know there was going to be like day prizes. So I, yeah, I'm quite flattered that I got a prize out of that deal and a, and a buckle. So it's, it's very exciting. Thank you. Yeah. How, how was your run there? Well, how did it feel? It felt really, really quite smooth. Tala was her usual self, and I felt still pretty tentative to first barrel, and I that's kind of my, one of the things I've been working on is trying to get a little more confidence to the first barrel, but yeah, she's just, she's a rock. She's solid. Oh, she's so cool. Um, before, like, I want to ask you about how you got into horses and into barrel racing, but because we're already talking about Tala, can you tell me about Tala and your other horse as well? Yes, I would love to. Uh, so Tala is, she's coming seven this year. She was bred by the Daners, Ralph Kelly and Darby Daner. Daner is running quarter horses. And she's by Miracle Recovery and out of a really neat mare. Uh, oh, gosh. Um, what is her name now? Holy crap, I can't remember. Um, yeah. It slipped my mind. But anyways, there's, she's a heat. That mare has made some really nice horses. But anyways... Um, yeah, and then she, after she ran on the track, she did run on the track as a two- and three-year-old, and she won. She's really fast. She went to Carly Christensen. Carly and her family purchased her, and Carly trained her up and featured her, and I was very fortunate that the Christensens allowed me to purchase her in the end of July this year. Yeah, so how did you how did you pick her out of all the horses that are available right now? Like, how did you find her? Well, thank you for asking. I am a very non-aggressive rider. I, I don't really whip at all, hardly. I don't really know how very good. And I'm not a real good kicker. I blame it on having really long legs. So I was watching jockeys uh, that ride really quiet because I feel like that's kind of my, more my style. And so when I decided I was going to shop for a horse, I went and... Uh, circled like four horses in the program at the South Country Futurity and Derby and I had kind of a, an idea of the age I wanted and and um, and everything else like that and I was hoping for something that had already shown that it could clock you know let's even say mid-17s or whatever on a regulation so I had four horses circled in the program at South Country and uh, two of them didn't show up and so I watched a couple of them and uh, I'd, I'd had my eye on, on another horse actually and um, he ended up selling, which is kind of exciting. I'm excited to watch him go this year. But, yeah, after South Country, I'd watched Carly um, ride Tala, and I called her up the following week, and they she wasn't really for sale, but they told me it just felt right and that I was welcome to come and try her. I love that so much because I, I truly believe things just work out how they're supposed to and when they're meant to. And this is just one of those things. That's awesome. Thank you. 
Yeah, okay, and then tell us about your other horse as well. So Scorchy is, she'll be six this year, and she was bred by Tracy McDonald, who is a very, very dear friend of mine, and out of a really cool mare who I always loved, uh, Tracy called her Katie. She's a Martha daughter of Martha Six Moons, and she started by Firewater to Fame. And yeah, Tracy had kind of got her going, and I bought her when she was four in the summer of 2020, and I basically just trail rode her the rest of that year, and started kind of dorking around at jackpots and everything else like that and so she's coming along she I would say she's a little slower to mature and she just doesn't really know she thinks she's super fast like she pins her ears back and she she wants to be like gritty but she she's not fast yet but anyway <laughs> she's got she's definitely got like she's supposed to be fast she's bred to be fast but uh but she just uh she's just slower to come on but I really enjoy her also and she's a good friend to tell her. Oh, I love it. That's exciting. That's yeah. really awesome. Good. Okay. Well, let's, I, I always like to ask people how they got into horses and what made them start barrel racing. So tell us about your adventure of life with horses. Um, well, both my parents grew up in the country. Like my dad grew up on a grain farm in Saskatchewan. My mom um, with like a mixed use farm and she's from old. So my mom had grown up with horses and animals, but uh, we lived in the city and one year my mom and dad sent me off to like church camp, Bible camp, and you got to pick activities. So I think I picked like water skiing and I don't know what else and horseback riding. And that was how I kind of got hooked on horses. So I don't know how old I was, like nine. And then the following year I went back to the same camp and like, and rode horses. And then from there, my mom and dad bought me a year's worth of English riding lessons. And after that, my parents just said, let's move to the country and bought us a couple 4-H horses, like $1,500 horses. And my sister and I started at, in 4-H and we just 4-H'd our hearts out right through high school, junior high and high school, and uh, went to some local Gymkhana's. And yeah, and then I did a year, one year of high school rodeo. And then I went to college rodeos all through my college and university years. And I did some amateur rodeo and then I pulled my permit for a while there and Played around with that so and then I got out of horses completely when I was I think 29 I sold everything and uh, took like a seven-year hiatus from all things horses so yeah I just got back into horses in 20 summer like August of 2016 I got a helmet and a horse and a fowl and decided to play around a little bit again I love it. We kind of have a similar story of how we got into horses and like started riding English and did all of that. And then as well, I've also taken, I've sold everything. I wasn't 29. I think I was 27 or 28 when I sold everything, but this gives me hope that I can come back and do like what you're doing. That's awesome. Um, yeah, no kidding. That's exciting. That's really cool. Yeah. How do you think, like, because you started out riding English, do you think that that helps your seat or helps you in any way being a more maybe balanced rider uh when it comes to barrel racing well it's kind of funny like i've fallen off my fair share of time so <laughs> i don't know that I've, I've hit the dirt a lot so like it's funny that you say a balanced rider like i do feel when i when i have smooth runs that i'm i'm pretty centered and balanced but yeah like i think overall uh riding english probably gave me a a really good idea of you know, knowing where to put my feet and and that kind of thing, and and like hip, 
you know, the, you know how when you're taught your your shoulders and your hips and your heels and everything yeah. should line up and and all that kind of stuff and and even just like things like posting on the correct diagonal and yeah, all that kind of stuff that I don't know that I would have learned had I not have started English. Yeah, and so that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Like I, gosh, I don't know. I, I did show a lot in 4-H too, so I still, like when I was got into high school, like I would show in Western equitation and pleasure and English equitation and pleasure and stuff like that too, so I, I imagine all of that kind of paid off. Definitely, I think so. You also mentioned mm-hmm. that you picked up a helmet when you decided to get back into everything. What made you decide to go with a helmet? Well, at that time, I just, um... Like I said, I've had so many wrecks in my life that I was like, geez, now I'm kind of getting older and I've got all these kids. Like, I don't really need to have a head injury. I'm crazy enough as it is. <laughs> so I, I just decided before I even um, before I even tried a horse for the first time, I, um, I decided to get a helmet before anything. So I, I just went out and got one and I ride in it. I would say, I would say I'm pretty like 90 95 percent of the time even at home just riding because you know I've had horses just stumble and fall on top of air or whatever like stuff goes wrong really fast and then in 2020 I was diagnosed with epilepsy so I'm just taking extra precautions because I obviously don't need any more hits to the head then I can protect so it's like uh, risk management I think that's really smart so good for you for deciding to run with one because why not I think that's great. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I think I, I was telling somebody the other day that I'm like, well, I used to feel self-conscious about it, but now I don't care. And my horse doesn't give a crap what I wear. So I just uh, slap it on there and I don't have to worry about my hat falling off. Exactly. That's perfect. So yeah. let's talk about you going down to the States this winter. Now, was the was the goal to go, go down and find an American qualifier, or were you going down to just go hit up some rodeos and live the dream? What, what, what was your plan? I didn't really have one. So I, it started out when I had some success at CBHI in the fall. I had a couple good runs there and um, just really opened my eyes to the kind of caliber that a horse that I kind of you know I was pretty excited after coming out of CBHI I thought gosh my horse is working really good so um somebody asked me if I wanted to enter Billings the pro rodeo I was like okay yeah sure I'll enter Billings and and then there was a qualifier on like within that same week uh qualifier so this is like the end of October so I entered that too because why the heck not and um yeah, I jumped in with Crana Roberts and went to Montana for a week and just barely kept the second barrel up and got lucky and snuck into the top 10. So I got to go down for Fort Worth. That was so yeah. cool. So what what was the feeling like when you realized like you made it in the top 10, you were headed to the qualifier, to the long go rather of the American? Okay, well, I was, I'm a bit of a ding-dong, and I never like to count my chickens before they hatch, so I was, like, cooling my horse out, and then I wasn't really paying attention because I didn't want to get too excited, and I didn't want to feel too disappointed if I didn't get in, so I wasn't hanging around or paying attention or watching, and then I got a text message from Melissa Thiessen, who's like, yay, yay, and I was like, oh, what's this all about? And she's like, well, you got in, you dummy, so, yeah, I, and Karana, and I was like, really? And Karana was like, yes, of course you did. So, anyways, yeah, it was quite exciting. I was, I was 
a little shocked and surprised. And, and then I was like, oh, gosh, I guess now i got to decide if I'm going to Texas. So it was really, really, it was really exciting because I didn't, I certainly went in with modest expectations. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love it so much. Um, so you. going from there and then you make it to Texas, like walk us through that experience because I, I I know there's people listening or even myself like who maybe have the dream of going down there, the dream of either rodeoing down south or competing down south, let alone like making it to the American. So walk us through what it was like, like when you got there, how you had to park, going to the entry office and all that. Okay, well, once I'd been down there for about a month, so I was kind of, and I had already visited the stockyards a couple times, so I kind of knew the lay of the land. But uh, so when you get to the stockyards, the parking is like in the back 40. It's a bit of a ways to get from where you park, and there's like a huge gravel parking lot, and then there's a bit of grass parking that's even a bit further. So we chose to park on the grass, and so the horses were could you know were standing not on the gravel for as long. And then you walk through this huge parking lot and you actually walk through where the stock pens are, where they do like the, um, where they walk the bulls down and everything. So you walk through all these pens with these massive, massive Brahmas and the old school, like the brick and where the stock stockyards were back in the day. So it's kind of cool. And if your horse doesn't like huge horns, it's a little bit, like they're kind of lucky. I know Tala is like, oh my god. So, but but so she's she's a bit watchy through there. But anyways, you walk down there. Uh, it's quite a ways, like I said, to there. But before we even walked down there with our horses, you had to check in. So the check-in office is across the street from the actual stockyard, and so we got had to be in dress code. And so we got all dressed up, and uh, we knew we were getting headshots and stuff. So Lisa, Zahada, and I were there together and we walked over and it was really fun it was kind of it was very exciting and filled with energy in the office even just for check-in because you know there was it was it was really cool and the people were friendly and we got um, given a jacket and then back numbers and the back numbers were really cool they were leather which I thought was like unique and different kind of a nice keepsake and we got humongous jackets because I think all the breakaway ropers had got all the small ones so we got these (laughs) huge <laughs> yeah, these huge jackets and then we got our pictures taken and then my mom was with us so she took pictures just of Lisa and I together too which was really nice and yeah so that was good that was it because you had to check in before you could take your exhibition so that was like the day before the long go that was the day that we had our exhibitions so from there we like I went back and then I could take my exhibition so every girl got an exhibition which was in the same order as the draw. Mm-hmm. So um, I had run in there a couple times already. Like the first time I ran in there was a disaster. So I got to go, I had two other runs in there and I got a little bit better and a little bit better with each run. So I felt pretty good that like, I'm like, well, Tala doesn't need to make a run in there. So for my exhibition, I just felt like I needed to trot. So I trotted my exhibition and I think a lot of girls do did too. Some ran, but I just trotted her through, and it was really cold, so I was wearing bib, line bib, Carhartt overalls, and a Saskatchewan grad jacket, I call it, like a flannel coat from Costco, and, uh, <laughs> and I looked like a total, like, hobo, but it, you know, it didn't matter, it was really cold, so I just trotted her through, and I felt so good, 
after my trot through, it's funny because I was just like, well, she feels amazing and she, this is as ready as I'm going to be. So I really had a really good sense of peace and confidence even the day before with my, my quick trot through the pattern. Um, and then the next day, so we stayed there overnight because the roads were kind of sketchy and it was really cold. Like our ice buckets were froze solid overnight, like it, or our, our water buckets, I should say. So it was quite cold. So we just set up pens right at the trailer and stayed there at the stockyards overnight. So we were ready in the morning. Yeah. And yeah, that was kind of the get ready day, get ready part. That. That sounds like a pretty great, good ready day. And I like that you trotted through and you just knew like it felt good and you did what you needed to do, not paying any mind to whatever, whoever else is doing things, right? Um, Looking at that arena, like I've watched the American, like I've watched the Longo for as long as it's been around. The American's my favorite rodeo. Um, tell us what that arena is like. Is it kind of long and skinny and like first is pretty hard? Because I did, like a lot of girls always do have trouble with first. It's funny you ask because I thought going down there, I was like, ah, I'll have the Canadian advantage, I, I called it, because we run in a lot of small indoor arenas. So I actually thought it would be um, just like every other small indoor we run at, but it was different. And uh, I don't I don't even know how to explain it because I, I don't know if it's because you have such a long run in. Yeah. And then first almost feels right there. Yeah. But it does really like I was like there's no such thing as a blind first we're Canadians but yeah like it was a really tricky tricky setup I would say and like Marcy Lay had joked that it just was not a user-friendly building so right yeah it was it was definitely not as easy as I kind of thought not easy but you know what I mean like I thought it would be like a regular old Canadian indoor (laughs) and it wasn't so and and also that it's kind of stadium-y so if your horse is at all looking around or anything there's certainly a lot to look at in there too definitely so Mm -hmm. then you got to make your run in the longo and you made it back in the top 30 and you got to go to a performance so i want to know what it was like when you found out that you made the top 30 and you were coming back in a performance and also what your what your run was like well uh, I was really, re- like, I tried to be really relaxed for that run because I know that that's when my horse works the best. That's kind of what we figured out is, is key is when I relax, we have better runs. So I just tried to stay really calm and, uh, and didn't go over till, to the pen until I was like, you know, like 15, maybe 20 horses before my go. So I could keep away. And then, yeah, when it was my turn, I just kind of coasted her in there like I, I'm still not super gung-ho to first yet but that seemed to work and yeah she's so darn fast that she just I knew that we had a nice first and I was just like all right let's go and we carried on and everything was kind of going good and when I turned third which has kind of been my a struggle for me third barrel I knew it was good. I knew it was just as smooth as run as I could ask for. So I, on the way running home from third, I was like, go, go. I actually like <laughs> kind of like I patted her neck and I, I said out loud, go, go, go. Because I just needed a little more enthusiasm in my body to, yeah. to hustle her through. And I heard my time and I was like, dang, that's pretty good. Like that was better than I'd run in there. Like by like three or, you know, it was pr- much better than I'd run. I think the fastest I'd run in there and a couple times before I think I was a 14-1 so I was really happy 
And uh, yeah, I was really happy, and Tala was happy. She's she's pretty full of herself, so um, yeah. So she had to sort of like walk in her back to the trailer. Every you know, it was exciting. And then I had to wait and wait and wait because we were near. We were in the t- first like eighty girls, I think, or yeah. twenty girls. And so I had to wait like quite a while to make to see if I was in. And you know, I got bumped a few times, and so it was. I was anxious, but I. I had done everything I could do, I felt like, and I was like, that was a good run, so it'll be what it will be, but sure, it was it was anxious, and I was also very excited to cheer on the other girls that were from home here, and so it, it filled my day up, just watching and hope, you know, watching them and hoping, hoping for the best for them, so I tried to keep myself distracted cheering for everybody else. Yeah, well, I mean, how many hours? There was like almost eight hours of barrel racing, so you had some time to be distracted, but it's also a really long yeah. time to wait out. <laughs> it was, it was, and and then when it was over, and I was like, okay, I'm in, and like not just in, I felt I was really proud, like to, like that I was in, and like that top, you know, the top half or whatever, and and I was I was really like a little overwhelmed. I was kind of emotional and just. I don't know. You know, it was already such a privilege—a privilege to go down there. So, to get to go again was just something that I was like, "Holy crap! This is so cool!" Like I, I didn't. It was a little bit of disbelief and and just like, yeah, it was really quite exciting. Very exciting. And so, um, <sighs> your your performance run—that was your first ever rodeo performance run, was it not? Well, it was definitely my first ever rodeo performance run on Tala. And Tala's first ever rodeo run, yeah. like she's only ever been in the slack before. And uh, and mine in several years, like I think I've been in the last, since I started barrel racing again, I think I've been in like maybe three performances. Yeah. So like everything else has been like a jackpot or slack or whatever. So I was a little bit, and I'm like probably, I get really nervous, like pukey, like, oh gosh, I'm going to be sick. Like I get really nervous. Anyways, and so I, trying to stay calm was, like, it, it's a challenge for me, for <laughs> sure. And then, like, I was I was trying not to think about the fact that Tala had never been beside a shoot with a bull in it. And, like, you know, all yeah. these things that I'm like, gosh, like, this is, there's going to be, like, people there and music and loud and, and there's bulls and... Um, like it was just a lot going on and the, the atmosphere was super high energy and the back pan there is really quite crowded mm-hmm. and there's like between the pickup men and people loading stock and the bull riders trying to get ready to, you know, so there's just a lot going on. And then in the warm up pen, it's very, very small. And it was when I walked over, the steer were there, they were just getting ready to go in and then... There, and it was also like full of team ropers, and Tala is not a huge rope fan, so I was like, oh god. And and, so, and then there was like, you know, all these barrel racers plus anybody who had like a helper barrel racer. So there was a lot of horses back there wow. in a really tight space. So I I didn't warm like I had already warmed up. I warmed up over by the trailer to make sure that I didn't have to warm up over there, so that I could just either walk her around or stand her, or, yeah, you know, stand with her, get off her, and do all that. So. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty packed and super high energy, I would say. Yeah, and so how did she handle all of that? Like a old pro, probably, hey. Yeah, like she doesn't really sleep it off. She can feel the energy for sure. Yeah. And she she's typical of most horses. Like she can really feel my energy. So after um, once I felt like really good about 
how how she was feeling in the bridle and and with me in the saddle I just got off because otherwise like I'd probably drive her nuts so <laughs> I just got off and we tried we just stand kind of quietly together and I talked to her and everything else and and uh yeah I probably look like a crazy lady but yeah I just rub on her and scratch her jaw she really likes jaw scratches so and, and chat with her and yeah and just try and like stay calm and then I got to also introduce myself to Ocean, um, the other Canadian girl that was there. So I got I introduced myself to her and her dad. So that was kind of nice to 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 meet them and um, a few of the other girls that I kind of got to know while I was down there. Um, somebody I really really admire, Jana, Jana Dean Brown. She uh, she was in that perf too, and I really like Jana. So got to chat with her a little bit, and yeah, it was really good. That's awesome. Uh, that Ocean girl, she has, I absolutely love her horse, Heaven's Guy. Yeah. Such a nice mm-hmm. horse. And she just seems like the, uh, such a sweetheart. There was the one interview mm-hmm. that they had with her where they're like, tell us about your horse. And she's just like, he's my best friend. I love him so much. Oh. If I'm having a bad day, he makes me laugh. And then she's like, he's almost like my boyfriend. And I just thought that it was oh. the cutest thing ever because it was just like mm-hmm. she embodied the horse crazy 16 year old me like just absolutely crazy and loves her horse so much and then to see her doing Mm -hmm. so well it just like again I get so emotional like I got emotional watching all of you girls running there I cried at everybody's runs and was so excited when you made it back and then watching her I got emotional it was just really nice to see so I'm glad that you got to chat with her and and be friends with her she seems great yeah, I, I really hope that she, I think she'll go on to do lots of good things, continue to do lots of good things. Like she's, she, I, and I also thought it was funny that she's like the only other girl that wore a helmet. Like her and I yeah. were the two Canadians and the two girls in helmets. So um, not that it matters, but it was just neat to see that I wasn't the only one. Yes, I think that's awesome. <laughs> there are other women that wear them. Dina Kirkpatrick being one of them. We know Dina can make badass horses. So, yeah, that's right. And up here, Rebecca Miller. Yes. The helmet up here, I always admire. I always feel like we're helmet buddies. So Yes, and Rebecca's awesome. <laughs> I love Rebecca, too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in when you were down in the States, when you were going to these rodeos, did you have somebody helping you with entering? Like, it, I, I've heard that it can be tricky with entering. Well, I only entered, uh, like, two rodeos. Okay. So, um... Sorry about that. Um, I only entered two rodeos, so I entered Belton, and then I entered um, Jackson, Mississippi. So Lisa handled Lisa Zahada and I uh, went to Jackson together, and so she handled entering that. I didn't have to worry about that. And that's it. That's those are the only two ones I went to. I entered Odessa by myself because I went down really early, so I entered Odessa too, which was in the first part of January. Awesome. And I did no good at any of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, you know, live and learn. This whole trip was like a, uh, there was a lot of lessons for me in this trip, and there was a lot of ups and downs, and it definitely ended on the high. Like, there was lows, there was highs, and I would say the whole American experience was, ended far better than, you know, like, it was, although the dream would have been, obviously, to go all the way and the short round and the two million dollars for sure but yeah. it was like i i was overall i was i was uh i was happy so but yeah like 
my run that night was if you, if you want to know like it was you know when I made my run I it was it just felt I knew that it wasn't the perfect run like I knew it wasn't perfect and but it, you know what's funny is that I ran in and I was like okay that was a nice first and that was a nice second and I went up to third and I was just too tense and I, I made a few mistakes like in my run before I'd run two-handed to third and in this run I let my nerves get the better of me and I, I didn't go two-handed I ran one-handed and you know shoulda coulda woulda would that have made the difference in my run I don't know I right. popped off third and uh yeah I popped off third pretty good and the, her style like we, she's not a runner on the barrel she's kind of in and out and we yeah. just lost that momentum yeah and I think that's what cost us and then it also turns I did I lost a shoe in that run somewhere oh. she blew a shoe so yeah whether or not that was could have you know who knows if that would have if she was feeling mad and and I don't know but uh a lot of unknown who knows can't take it back it was overall I just when I got to the gate at the end of my run I gave her a big old pat and I I knew I heard my time and I was on the bubble and I knew I wasn't going to get get back because I was second out and there was lots of good girls behind me and just wasn't fast enough but it was uh I didn't feel any disappointment or any regret I was just really happy you know I was like well that's a good girl like that's a good girl yeah, such a good girl and such a good experience. Like, that's an amazing experience to get to have that not very many people get to go through. So I absolutely love it. What um, what kind of lessons did you learn? Or I guess, yeah, what were your lessons throughout your trip down south that you would maybe mention? Hmm. Um, well, I'm really glad. I think, like, that I'm, I'm glad that I went early and whether I needed to go two months early um that that was a long time to be away from home Mm -hmm. but I'm really glad that I went early because it is different down there I mean those girls they're a lot of them and this is why I went early because um Mel T had told me you know they're running their horses two three times a week most of those girls and and up here right in the in November December January February we don't have that option like some some days you don't even get to haul because it's so bloody cold and I have to you know I don't have an indoor so I have to haul the ride every day and and uh so and you know even if you wanted to go to uh, good luck finding a jackpot a week in those months months up here it's really hard right it's it's hard to find jackpots and similar setups and and then I the ground is different down there there's a lot of heavy heavy ground Mm -hmm. so just getting conditioned I would say I found that like I was really glad I went down because the ground is different and the setups are different and your the humidity is different so everything from just climatizing my horse at that time of year too like there's there's a lot of differences so uh transitioning feed like I went down there now I guess if you're only going for a couple weeks maybe you could pack enough hay but I went down there and I had to buy hay and I bought feed so just even getting my horses on making sure that they were happy with their diet, which they were, like they ate pure alfalfa and they were in heaven. So <laughs> they were, it was very easy for them to eat the hay down there because it was so delicious. But you know, all those little things that I didn't know what to expect. So I was definitely learning as I went when it came to finding feed and getting them all settled and, and figuring out when to go to jackpots. And I mean, there's a ton of jackpots down there. Yeah. So you could go to one every day, but I'm like, 
I'm trying to figure out that balance of getting to know my horse because we haven't been together that long. Yeah. So getting to know my horse and making runs so that we can figure each other out and get our timing down in different size pens and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And my own confidence because, uh, like, I'm not a super confident rider. Like, I'm just, I don't know, I've never <laughs> I've never really done this well before. So it's, <laughs> it's all new to me. So... So just figuring out all that and uh, and knowing where to go, which jackpots to go to, and and what setups are like. And like Tala, she, I don't know if this was because she ran on the track, but she's not real keen on stopping at the end of a run. <laughs> so the closed gates are far better for me, and it's scary for me because she runs up to a closed gate, and like I think the look of terror on my face and the gate person's gate face. <laughs> is probably priceless like every time because it's scary but um she stops at the gate but like in a when you run out to an open setup it's like I'm like oh like Hail Mary like hope she stops <laughs> before we so and she always does but she likes to give her for sure so just figuring out things like that down there like because there's a lot of places I didn't know about and and I didn't know the setups and stuff like that so I had to ask around and and just go and feel things out. But I tried to get to when I was down there. I tried to average like two runs a week. Yeah, is kind of what I was what I was trying to do. Yeah, that's perfect. How did mm-hmm. you How did you handle the highs and lows of being away from home and just being down there and kind of out of your comfort zone? Oh, it was hard. Like um, the first week. So the first week, I kind of was excited right I was I was excited the trip was good Diane Spottipole and I we caravan down so that was actually super fun and uh and you know once I got down there I was staying with friends so I was quite excited and and then I went to Midland to a jackpot and I did well there so I was like woohoo like this is fun and then I was up in Odessa in the slack and I didn't do well there and that was disappointing and I went back to Stephenville from Odessa feeling sorry for myself and then I got back to Stephenville and my friend that I was staying with she was sick with COVID so then I was staying in the trailer instead of like in the house with them mm-hmm. and so then I got lonely then I, then I was having a real pity party because I was lonely and felt like a felt like a bit like a loser because I didn't do well at, at Odessa and then I was like feeling sorry for myself and then I got homesick and had like all sorts of like mom guilt and and oh I should be home and like what am I doing down here who do I think I am and so it was it was like a week of kind of I was a bit of a Debbie Downer I would say like feeling sorry for myself and stuff so I had to kick myself in the butt because it was I'm not I'm not a quitter and I don't hate to think of anybody think of me like that so I really had to had to find a way out of that slump and um, I started like taking Michelle Davies mental toughness stuff again because I always find that kind of stuff really helps me and I clearly needed it yeah so I was just started to refocus on training my brain I went and rode with Kelly Barr was down at Don Links and so Don's a friend of mine so went and rode a couple times a week with Kelly and Don and that was fun and when the weather was not crappy, because there was a few weeks where it was kind of bad. But yeah, I, I just kept going. Like yeah. I just kept going because I was there and I wasn't going to let myself be a negative Nancy or anything like that. So yeah, I just 
just made myself do it, <laughs> made myself do it. And then I just really worked on trying to get better because I was having not the best runs and I was like trying to figure out why. And so then when I found out, when I discovered why I was really not be running as good as I figured I should, um, it all came down to just my brain and relaxation and getting back in the groove and just really, really, truly feeling relaxed in the saddle. So I had a lot of work to do, but I just kept at it. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's good advice for people because I feel like sometimes people want to quit when they have those slumps, but sometimes you have to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and kick yourself in the butt and keep going and get things yeah. figured out. And I'm I'm glad that you did. It's part of part of the experience and I think it's awesome. It all worked out, I think. Yeah, I, it really did. And I, I was trying to like set an example for my kids, you know, to like, you know, I can do hard things and because it like, there's a lot of stuff in life that isn't easy. And mm-hmm. um, that was, although that ex- whole experience for me was super awesome. And I'm so glad I did it. Like, there was a lot of hard, hard times. Like it was, it wasn't all roses. And it was, I got lonely and, and um, I had a lot of runs that I was like, God, like frustrated with myself. And, you know, so there was, it wasn't all like one big glory trip, but I really wanted to prove to myself that I could do it. And I had set some goals for myself while I was down there and uh, I really wanted to accomplish some of them. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. What would you tell someone who maybe wants to go down to Texas and run there next winter, but they're kind of humming and hawing about it or not sure if they should do it? What would you tell them? Oh, this is a funny, a funny thing. I I would say uh, you can sleep when you're dead. Yeah. We, you only got, you know, you've only got one, which it's true. Like, I, I don't mean to sound morbid or anything like that, but like, God only knows what tomorrow will bring. So if you want to do something, like, look at me, I'm like this middle-aged mama and I decided that I was going to go do it. And I think that if, if you truly want something, like you should just, you can make it happen and decide that it's for you and give it a whirl. What's the worst that can happen? Like for me, I was like, what's the worst that can happen? I, I don't win 2 million and then I come home. And that's exactly what happened. And I had some great experiences along the way and I have zero regrets. And I, I think that, yeah, if I was me, would I do this trip again? Oh, for sure. Like I can't, I honestly, Cassie, I can't wait to go back. Like I would love, love, love to try again. And, and yeah, when you've got an opportunity uh, to go do something like this, or if it's something you've ever thought about, like, I want to go rodeo, or I want to spend the winter in Texas or Arizona and go to some rodeos, or I'm like, well, do it. Like, yeah, anybody can buy the permit, anybody can enter, you know, like anybody can enter these qualifiers. Um, so what's stopping you? Like, there's, I, I just think just go do it because. We, be dead tomorrow like exactly I totally agree so if anybody's listening and you're humming and hawing about it for next winter this is your sign just do it yeah totally just go do it like there's nothing I don't know I don't I don't want to the be there there's this is a funny thing too like I don't want to be the richest bitch in the cemetery now I'm not rich so that's not really relevant (laughs) to this but when, when it's all said and done like when it's all said and done and uh I just 
wouldn't want to be the one on my way up to heaven and saying, well, shoot, I wish I would have done that. Like, yeah, I played so. it safe and I didn't go anywhere. No, you want to have some yeah, stories right? and experiences to go with it while you're here. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I'm, I think I'm doing that. I, I did that this winter and I, I don't think I want to stop there. So just do it. Exactly. Just do it. What are, what are some yeah. of your goals for 2022? Are you going to be going to the Big Bang this year? Will I get to interview interview you on camera? Oh, gosh. Well, if uh, if I do any good there, then, yeah, hopefully you'll want to interview me. But I do plan on going to the Big Bang. And I did uh, one of the goals that I would wanted to do when I was in Texas was fill my permit. So I did that. So now I've got a full card, so I'm going to go to some pro rodeos this summer as well and see how Tala likes those. And, yeah, so hopefully hopefully those go good. Like, I mean, there's I think everybody's got some dreams, obviously. Like, we all dream. I think if you're a barrel racer in Canada, you dream of two things, the CFR and the Calgary Stampede. So totally. those are, yeah, like those are honestly, I, I grew up in Calgary and in surrounding areas. So I've spent the better part of my life as a resident of Calgary and or Okotoks. And so I'm a Calgary girl and I've watched this. My dad is a volunteer at the Calgary Stampede for all of my childhood. So I've, Calgary Stampede is like, would be a huge life dream one day to run there. So if I had a good year this year, I would hope to maybe be able to have an opportunity there in the next few years. Um, and then the CFR is, I think, every Canadian barrel racer's dream. So, Absolutely. But, yeah, there's a long way to go. Like, I haven't even gone to a parodial yet this year. So, <laughs> really, uh, it's, it's, the season hasn't even started yet. So, it's hard to to dream too big. But definitely, if you don't dream, then what the heck? Exactly. I agree. No, I think yeah. you're going to have a great season. I'm excited to follow along. Thank you. I am very fortunate because I'm feeling um, incredibly blessed with this horse. Like, I really, really love riding her, and um, I think she likes me. So we just, everything feels like it's working for where we're at right now, and I'm just going to go along with it and take it run by run. I think that you two are just, like, the perfect match. I get excited every time you run. Like, I just... It's perfect. It's beautiful. I love it. I can't say oh, enough good things gosh. about it. So I, I'm excited for you <laughs> Thank guys. Thank you. You're flattering me. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh, yes. So let's talk about maybe some essentials for when you're on the road. Like, what did you have to have with you when you were driving for as far as you were driving? Was it some good snacks or was it a good podcast or audio book or were you singing at the top of your lungs? What were some of your things that you absolutely had to have? <laughs> okay, so I really was pretty lame. I just listened to um, Stephen King, a Stephen King audiobook, pretty much the whole trip. <laughs> and yeah, and then... Um, like so that was the driving part and then I think you had asked me if for my horses so um like I keep with me in my trailer like the usual like every barrel racer has a first aid kit and uh lots of bandaging equipment and boot and bandamine so that kind of stuff I keep with me yeah. and I am a true believer in like gastro guards so I keep my horse whenever my horse is 
if they're travel being hauled or or running them, they get a quarter tube of Gastroguard like every day. Mm-hmm. So that like I have a box of that stuff with me at all times, and like you know the usual like leg wraps. I I use a beamer, so I have a beamer blanket and cuffs that my horses get treated with pretty much every day. So I use my beamer a lot for the horses. Um, what else? Obviously, my helmet comes with me everywhere. Yes. And in the living in my trailer, like I am always cold, always, always cold. <laughs> so I have like 55 coats and toques and, and mitts and um, insulated coveralls. But and I have an electric blanket that I like. I cannot sleep without an electric blanket. So I have an electric blanket. Um, oh, my truck has like massaging seats. That was another thing. Ooh. So like pretty much the whole way down, I had my seat heater on, my steering wheel heater on, and my massage seat massage thingy um on the whole way so that's that and Stephen King were what kept me going the whole way but (laughs) yeah and uh and then yeah I just like that's in my trailer what else do I like to oh Pepsi Zero like I love Pepsi Zero and that's that's for me I guess what else that's it like Pepsi Zero and a heating blanket maybe some uh, dill pickle salad Ooh. like that stuff. <laughs> 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 yeah, those are, that's like Reese's Pieces. I don't know. Those are kind of my, my things that I have in the trailer. Yeah. Perfect. I'm going to have to invest mm-hmm. in one of those massage chair deals. I'm on the road all the time oh, with God. my job. That sounds quite nice. It's They say it keeps the blood flowing too. Like, so, cause you know, when you're traveling a lot and stuff, you're sitting in the same. So just even like helping your circulation and your blood flow and, I'm like, well, I just happen to have bad circulation, so massage away. Massage yeah. away. Me too. I need this. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Okay, let's talk yeah. Let's talk about tack. I want to know uh, what saddle, what pad, boots, bridle, bit. What, what are your favorite things, and what are you using right now with Tala? Okay, so... Um, I was hooked up via Lynette Broadway a year ago, a year and a half ago. Um, started riding in Burns, a Burns saddle. So I've rode in lots of really nice saddles. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I I really love the Rayleigh Racer too. That's uh, one of my favorite saddles. But right now I'm, uh, both my horses, I'm running Burns, the Burns saddles in. And um, Classic Equine, I, I ride in the Zone Pad. Cal uses a Zone Pad. Um, classic equine their sports medicine boots like I use um, all around all fours and I they're green because it's the color of money so yeah Tal's got green green uh, classic equine boots and I run in a Dave Elliott bit gosh I still can't remember which one it is but anyway (laughs) it was whatever one part like it's the one Carly everything Carly had on her I'm like just tell me what to do so she runs in a tie down and this Dave Elliott bit and actually the reins I ride in too I bought like seven pair I feel really bad like a rain hoarder but um (laughs) they were the Elliott's they they had these reins and they're the nicest reins I've ever felt in my hands I feel really there's so like I don't know about you but I really like um when I rain feels flimsy to me or anything like there's something Mm -hmm. about that I feel very comfortable with a certain thickness of rain and weight and these ones exactly the weight and these reins I'll tell you they're a knotted rain I like my hands and my knots because when I start my run I always put my hands down to my second knot yeah for whatever reason on Tala like that's just where I feel comfortable and I try to keep my hands really square and so I use these knotted reins and they're they were from Elliot's, like I said. I feel don't even ask me how many pairs I have. <laughs> so, 
And that, what else? That's it. Like, so that, like those are the things that we run in. Yeah, Burns, Classic Equine, Elliot. That's yeah. perfect. perfect. Oh, and the breast collar, Jamie Hardy, Jamie Harden made a breast collar for me that has um, a horse I had for like 22 years. His name was Speedy. He was a perfect possibility. And we had to put him down last year. And uh, and so anyways, I kept his tail and Jamie made me a beautiful breast collar with his tail in it. So that's Talos. That's so cool. I'm going to have to yeah. have a look at that when I see you somewhere. Yeah, it's super pretty. That'd be so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and what about her? What's the feed regime? What what kind of feed is she on? Uh, well, she is a fussy, fussy girl. <laughs> so um, I am a big, big, big believer in platinum. So... Mm-hmm. I am on the platinum. She, well, I'm not. She is, <laughs> and so both the girls get platinum. They get, um, like I think Tal is like a poster child for platinum. She gets platinum CG. She gets, I think she. There's like I've got like five or six things of different platinum things that go in. Like she's on like the platinum lady the other day. The platinum advisor. I told her what Tal, she's like. Oh, she's like. We wish all our clients were like you. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm going broke. I'm going broke in the meantime. <laughs> She's on a whole bunch of fabulous platinum stuff, and I don't, I don't know. Whatever I'm doing, it it seems to work. She's, she, she's working really good. So I'm gonna stick with that, and it's just a matter of trying to get her to to stay eating it. So she, she seems to be not too keen right now on any complete feeds. So um, I think I might just, just see if she'll, she'll clean everything up with just like straight oats, and she eats really good hay. So between alfalfa and, and grass hay and she should get all her protein and she gets lots out of all her her platinum her aminos and everything else like that so we're just um playing around with some oats right now and and platinum and and yeah she's she's feeling good so i guess i'm just gonna stick with that perfect do you have yeah. uh, do you have any upcoming races are you going to spring thaw this weekend I did enter the spring thaw, so I figure I need more rodeo environment experience yeah. um, for myself and Tala, because I, like I said, my nerves are pretty, like I just, <laughs> I get like really kind of like almost pukey, like there's a few times, like I get um, very nervous, so I need to be able to learn how to handle pressure and maybe a little bit more of a rodeo environment, Yeah. But, so so yeah, I thought spring thaw. I've never entered spring thaw before, but I figured why the heck not, and uh, we'll go and and see if I can hang on for another run there. So yeah, she show I enter both my horses in that because it's got that jackpot format. So yeah, we're gonna go. I'm gonna go to Cooley first. So I'm taking the girls to Cooley Friday for just um, some uh, equiscope. I like to give them the equiscope quite often and uh as often as i can and then probably a salt spa on friday too before they run and they just got adjusted today so danny trusted her she's an osteopath so danny was out today and worked on the girls so they'll they should feel pretty good i think yeah definitely my goodness michelle if i ever pass away i'm coming back as one of your horses because they are treated (laughs) very well (laughs) i i do i feel like uh yeah i'm i'm I don't know. They pack me around, so I figure I better take care of them. They're living the life. That's awesome. Well, is there any is there anything else you wanted to add to today's interview? Oh, yeah, there is actually. 
um, really quickly, if if anybody does listen to this, and I think they do because your interviews are so awesome, but oh. I had a ton of people support me on my trip, and I want to say thank you because it was just very uh, touching and like quite often brought me to tears about how supportive people were. Barrel racers um, from Canada, and like just generally, like I couldn't. I was flooded with love and um the most kindest compliments and encouragement and cheering throughout and it was really quite quite an honor and and a pleasant surprise and it was it felt like I had like kind of a a cheering section and so I was very very grateful for that and so thank you to anybody who heard this and like showed me any sort of love or support I really did appreciate it and then second to that, it wasn't just barrel racers. Like there are some really awesome, I, I don't know if it's just coming out of COVID or, or what, but I feel like the camaraderie around rodeo in general is is just stronger than ever. Like I was supported by um, team ropers and, and bulldoggers and I got messages from guys and, and I felt like I really had like uh, a network of friendships and support and, and it wasn't just barrel racers. It was awesome. So to anybody who reached out or cheered for me or, or, you know, wanted me to do well, like I'm, I'm super grateful. Yes. Oh my goodness. All of the Canadians, you guys all, we were all so proud of each and every one of you in all of the events that we're watching from home. I just, I love that rodeo so much because literally anybody can get down there, go to a qualifier. If you believe in yourself and your horse, you get to a qualifier and go and to see so such a good amount of Canadians down there. We were just all so proud, and yeah, you were one of them, Michelle. I was extremely proud and happy for you. Thank you, Kathy. Yeah. Well, thank you once again so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you doing this with me. I had a blast, and it was very, very nice to talk to you. Yes. Okay. Well, all the best to you in your 2022 season, Michelle. Thanks, Kathy.